0: This is Point of View with Chris Berg. Good evening and welcome to Point of View. I'm Chris Berg. Thank you so much for joining us on this just beautiful, beautiful Tuesday evening. Always great to have you with us. Today we're going to start with something happy, lucky. How lucky are you and I? Because you and I are living in some of the happiest cities in the nation right now. I want to start here, though, first. You and I, we know this. Happiness comes from family community, nature. That's what a new study has shown. Not money, but these other variables where we get to actually live in these wonderful, wonderful communities that you and I have an opportunity to live in here in North Dakota and Minnesota. So check this out. Wallet Hub did a recent study, and believe it or not, the number two happiest city in the nation right now, Bismarck, North Dakota, the number three happiest city in the nation, Fargo, North Dakota. You can see some of the numbers here, but emotional and physical well-being. Bismarck at five. Fargo at nine. Income and employment. Bismarck at five. Fargo at three. Community and environment. Bismarck at 23. Fargo at 17. You can see the overall ratings there. I just think that is fantastic, fantastic news, especially with all the stress that you and I have been through and so many people across the world due to this COVID situation. So hopefully we as a state can use this to go out there and recruit more workforce because we know how big of a challenge that has been for so long in our great state. I think people are starting to realize like, hey, this North Dakota place, it's not so much of a hidden gem anymore. People are starting to realize how fortunate and happy you and I are. So earlier really I to an outstanding conversation with the mayor of the second happiest city in the nation, the mayor of Bismarck, Steve Bach. And we talked about this rating here, of course, of being happy, but also much, much more. Here is that conversation. Joining us now, the mayor of the second happiest city in the country, <laughs> <laughs> Mayor Steve Bach and Mayor Bismarck. Congratulations. I mean, I just think that is
1: incredible. and something to be proud of. What say you? Well, I'm the happiest mayor in the country, so um, I I think it's, uh, uh, I'm lucky to be the mayor of Bismarck, and uh, we've got a lot going for us. So the opportunities that we have within the community, um, the business side, what we've got factoring in from uh, unemployment, from uh, recreational opportunities, you know, it all plays together, um, affordability uh, to make the residents of Bismarck very happy.
0: So... Kind of give me an idea i mean what you what you you mentioned some of the things but what do you really attribute it to and are you going to send this to dr burks remember dr burks is like hey <laughs> people in bismarck are the most non-compliant people out there and and i don't know is, that, is the
1: freedom part of it too or what it is you know there's a little different me- uh, mentality when you get out west and uh you know, and we're central to Western North Dakota. And there is a different mentality that goes with that. And it is uh, an expression of your own personal freedoms, your own personal rights, and the ability of government not to infringe on those. Um, that plays into the happiness. And I I, I think you saw uh, something else I'd uh, sent you. Um, we're the fittest city in the state of North Dakota as well. And that plays into that happiness part, too, with uh, some of the things I'm trying to Uh, move forward with development of our waterfront and those different opportunities for the not only the community, but for the entire state of North Dakota to come visit Bismarck.
0: So Fargo came in at number three. You have any tips for us? Uh, Keep working and, and, and clean up your river. (laughs)
1: <laughs> hey I grew up on that
0: river so I know I know. We're, we're having some fun here we're going to talk about some other cities in <laughs> North Dakota as well in a moment but I do want to mention this I mentioned Dr. Burke somewhat in jest but we are coming up on this one year anniversary of the COVID situation just kind of your analysis on how Bismarck got through this I think one of the things that's fascinating I talked to some friends that go out to Bismarck and watch some you know high school basketball games for family like Berg, I go out there and the only people wearing masks when we get in the gym are people from Fargo. Everyone else out there is not wearing masks. It's just your assessment of the last year with
1: COVID in Bismarck. You know, we got hit first and it was because of uh, some residents that came back from uh, Baltimore for uh, an event that they were out there. And, and we got hit a little bit earlier than everybody else. So we were probably two, three weeks ahead of the curve in the rest of the state. And very early on, we made some of those decisions to focus focus on doing the right thing in the right situation. That was going to be our focus. Um, and, and try to rely on residents to, to do the right thing in the right situation. You know, those personal freedoms. Uh, when you have an opportunity to go out in public, but you may be a little under the weather, maybe you were in a compromised position, maybe you did some traveling, then don't go. And I think our residents, our citizens did a really good job of that, of policing themselves. Uh, The other part of that was, we didn't want to close down our businesses. We didn't want to screw up our economy. We wanted to keep our economy open and do it in a healthy manner. So a lot of our focus went into long-term care facilities, the at-risk population, working with our local medical providers um, to, uh, try to get some of that uh, that weight off of their shoulders on those frontline workers. Uh, our public health director, uh, Bismarck Burley Public Health Director Renee Mock, did a yeoman's job through this entire thing. Uh, I, I cannot give her enough credit on how she understood that while we do have to figure out how to na- navigate through this, uh, the cure couldn't be worse than the disease. We, we had to have a uh semblance of our economy moving forward uh because on the back side of this and i'm still very concerned about the educational piece and mental health and addiction issues and everything else that we don't know how how that's going to look a year or two down the road
0: thank you for bringing that up so what's your strategy to help uh mitigate the mental health challenges that so many cities and states are facing right now because of covid
1: the biggest thing we tried to do this all the way through. Uh, it wasn't a well. Here's the the pill at the end of the end of the day to cure it all. What we tried to do was try to keep normalcy in people's lives. Try to keep businesses open at least in some modicum that was familiar. Um, you know, trying to. I, I worked with Bismarck Public School District trying to keep uh, some semblance of normalcy normalcy for the kids, um, and that I, I think that's where we did a fairly good job with this was trying to keep that that levelness through the entire thing and we're not out of this yet uh, we've still got a long way to go but you know when you don't put yourself in the position of having to overcompensate and have the mental health uh, health issues and addiction issues uh, because you made good solid sound decisions going forward from the beginning I think that uh, uh, was a lesson that a lot of communities could have taken.
0: Well, you must be doing something right because that wallet hub piece I just talked about being the number two happiest city in the country, you know, that was about some of the challenges that took place with COVID. So you obviously were doing something right. But you you just said a moment ago, hey, Chris, we're not out of this yet. We have a long ways to go. I want to share this with our audience. Governor Burgum here, picture of him getting his COVID vaccine.
1: at our event center. That, that's in Bismarck at the Bismarck Event Center. Um, if you recall, uh, we were the first one to have a drive through testing facility uh, when all this started. And that was uh, a lot of coordination with the Uh, Governor Burgum's office, public health, um, you know, Renee Mock with our public health department, um, us donating the uh, facilities from the city of Bismarck uh, to set that up. Uh, One of the biggest compliments uh, that I think our staff and myself received was from General Dorman in that as they were traveling around the state trying to help facilitate some of these testing events, uh, they were hands off with us. Uh, They showed up, uh, gave a little support, but um, General Dorman had said that, you know, we had it handled. Um, and, and I think that just goes directly to our staff, Renee Mock, and, and what Bismarck Pu- Burley Public Health, uh, our event center, our commissioners and city staff did.
0: But what I want to ask you is, number one, have you gotten the vaccine yet? And if not, why not? Number two is when you say we have a long ways to go, I mean, are we in? Are we at halftime in this situation? Are we at the end of the third quarter? Where are we in your opinion?
1: Um, I have not. Um, yeah, my wife is not either. Um, she works within the school district. She probably will before I do. Um, I've got just enough of a medical background to probably get me in trouble, Chris, but um, I want to see some of the results before, uh, uh, from a longer study period before I would do that. Now, I will say this with a caveat. I don't have at-risk symptoms. If you're somebody at risk, by all means definitely go get the vaccine uh you're going to be better off for it but you have to weigh your own personal scenario with what's going on in, in the in a broader scope of things and and uh, you know that comes down to personal responsibility and you need to do what's best for you and you need to do what's best for those that are around you your immediate family uh if you have a grandma and grandpa that- going to make the choice to go get uh, a vaccine. Uh, if uh, if you have a grandma and grandpa that are in a nursing home, you want to see them, you're, if you have somebody that you're caring for at home that is at risk, you're probably going to get the vaccine. But you need to make those decisions uh, case by case. And I, just like everything else in North Dakota, one size fits all does not fit North Dakota.
0: I guess my question is: You say we have a long ways to go. Do you think we're at halftime
1: right now? Are we at the end of the third quarter? Where are we at, in your opinion? Uh, we'll see what happens when uh, people get back to normalcy. We'll see how the vaccine works uh, in with different strains. I, I think we've got a long way to go with this, as far as different strains with this. Um, you know, is, is this a scenario that's going to wind up that we? eventually hear that, well, you got to get a vaccine every year because it's like whichever strain of flu comes around. Is it whichever strain of COVID is prevalent uh, until they have a a vaccine that covers them all? And I don't think we have that yet, or at least the studies haven't been out there long enough to support that that's the case. I
0: want to ask you about this. Um, Senator Hovind actually just sent a letter today to the Office of Management and Budget. Um, There's a situation now where they're looking to change some numbers regarding metropolitan statistical areas kind of coach us up on that, if you will, but why does that matter to Bismarck? And he also mentions Grand Forks and Minot uh, in his letter here to the OMB.
1: Well, I I made uh, our congressional delegation aware of this as soon as I was made aware of it, about uh, probably about a month and a half ago. Um, Minot had put a letter out. I would reached out to Mayor Bachansky up in Grand Forks to make sure that he was aware of this as well. Bismarck is in a position where we're we're going to be close. We, we may or may not, but I, I have a feeling we will meet that hundred thousand threshold for MSA. Um, Grand Forks and Minot, which currently reach the fifty thousand threshold for their MSA, um, they're they're out of the water. Um, and where it's important is. They say that they don't, but there's a lot of federal funding and a lot of other statistical data that is tied to that number. So if you're a microtropolis versus a larger metro area, an urban area, uh, by the definition, it previously was 50,000. They want to move it to 100,000. What that does is that is a shot across the bow for rural America and Uh, rural states uh, because you're going to put that federal funding that goes into CDBG, block grant funding, uh, public transit, all kinds of numbers that generate federal revenue for different programs, whether it's housing, um, all of that, you're going to push that to urban areas and you're going to wind up with states like North Dakota, South Dakota, Nebraska um, that have one community that gets federal funding in that regard, rather than spreading it out to communities that can utilize it. Out to communities that can utilize it. So um, and, and sure you're gonna drive eventually population that way if that's, uh, um, if you're following the funding and some of the things that those communities can offset. So just for clarity, they're, they're looking to move the number from
0: 50,000 where it has been up to 100,000. And if you don't need 100,000. Well, you, be- let me let me finish. If you don't meet the hundred thousand threshold, then what you're saying is that like Grand Forks Minot's not going to get the federal funding,
1: right? In, in our case, in business, we could lose three and a half to four million dollars a year in federal funding, wow. and that CBG block grant funding, transit, uh, a lot of different programs. You know that could affect our airport. There's a lot of areas that it affects if you don't have that designation. So going from fifty thousand to a hundred thousand in rural states like North Dakota is really a big deal.
0: Got it. All right, last question for you, sir. Tonight, you've got your city commission meeting for Bismarck. You're looking at funding options for Bismarck Brewerley Public Health, as well as the uh, the police department. What are you looking at here?
1: Um, so our Bismarck burley Public Health building was just purchased by uh, a local university last year. Uh, they're in a leasing position right now, and then we get into COVID and then uh, really got a handle on what we need for space for that building. Um, we're trying to figure out right now if there is a facility within the community that we can acquire for the needs of uh, Bismarck-Burley Public Health. Um, one of the other thing, you know, one of those things, is the ability to have a drive-through facility because I think we all saw how important that was with COVID on the testing side, with the vaccine side. Uh, we're going to need that that space. Um, the other part that we're dealing with in in Bismarck is we're growing, and we are a quickly growing community. We've outgrown our police building, uh, that facility. So uh, we're in the process right now trying to figure out if we can move um, the police department to either a different location or Greenfield a project for them. Uh, If we were to move them rather than try to expand a a piece of property that has constraints, then we could move bismarck burley public health into that facility with a minimal uh, rehab um, we're trying to figure out right now what is in the best interest of, of the taxpayers in bismarck and, and we're going to do this in a fashion that makes the most economic sense not only for today but for the long term growth of the community
0: good very very important decision we will continue to watch it and uh... Thank you for giving us some time since you are now the mayor of the second happiest city <laughs> in the country. We appreciate it, sir. Next year. Hey, I hope you get it. I hope you get it. I think it was Fremont, California was number one. So, you know, you got a, in California. let you live have in the a little bit more freedom, apparently, in Bismarck, and then maybe, maybe you'll get it. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: mayor, great job. We appreciate the time, sir. As always, I appreciate it, Chris. Thank you.
0: Thank you. All right, stay with us. we got a lot more coming up here on Point of View. Today, the USDA just released their most recent crop report. We're going to have Eugene Grainer from HeartlandInvest.com break down that and much, much more coming up right after this. As always, please share your point of view with us. You can email us, text us, leave us a voicemail. We'll be right back.